Praise the Lord. This is Evangelist Julius Adeumi. We are going through the book of Romans. We have gone through Romans chapter 4, 1 to 5 and 6. Now we are going to Romans chapter 7. When you have God and working with God and you living for God, all the running to the hospital for this, for that, that you are spending your money, money you think you are stealing from the government, you are going to be wasting it on, on diseases for yourself, for your family members. Where is the joy and peace is there? You are just you are just taking the money that you stole and throwing it into into the pocket with holes. That's what the Bible says. But if you let God control your life and you follow the Lord Jesus Christ and you follow the precepts of the Lord God and you remove your hand from all those iniquities, God will see all those holes. You just say that you don't have to spend money on diseases and sickness because God will be taking care of you. You'll be healthy. Your children will be healthy. Your family will be healthy. God will protect you and your family members that are believing these things with you. That peace alone will give you joy. The old one may be running crazy and you will be at peace in yourself. Why? Because the peace of God that passes all on un- all understanding shall keep your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. What the Bible says. But it, it take, that takes place by you following these precepts of the law. Don't yield your members to iniquity. Don't yield yourself to ungodliness. Let not sin reign in your mortal body. That you should be obeying the laws thereof. That's what the Bible is saying. That we read that in Romans chapter 6, verse 6, verse, verse 12. Now let's go to chapter 7. Because Apostle Paul went further to tell us that our old man is dead and we are now married to a new husband. And he's using an analogy of a husband and wife to tell us that when we were sinners, we were formerly serving sin, like we are married to sin, which means married to Satan. Now we have been dead and buried under water, so we are free from that bondage. We are free from that bondage of sin. So now we are now married to somebody else, another spirit, Jesus Christ. We are now married to a different spirit, Jesus Christ is whom we are married to now. That is the analogy is given to us in chapter 7. It's still comparing the old life with the new life that you are called to be a saint when you accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. That's why this teaching is for you believers that have given your life to Christ to know how to reckon your minds. Let your mindset be like that. And that mindset will make you confess it with your mouth also. When you confess it with your mouth, those devils will keep away from you because the, the word of God is a sword against them. Chapter 7 of Romans, verse 1. Know ye not, brethren, I speak to them that know the law, how that the law has dominion over a man as long as he lives. For the woman which has her husband is bound by the law to her husband so long as he lives. But if the husband be dead, she is loose from the law of her husband. So then, if while her husband lives, she be married to another man, she shall be called an adulteress. But if her husband be dead, she is free from that law, so that she is no adulteress, though she be married to another man. So he's giving us that picture. See, wherefore, my brethren, you also are become dead to the law by the body of Christ. That is, we are to reckon ourselves as dead to all those laws of don't do this, don't do that, because that man is dead. He can't do those evil things anymore anyway. He's dead. So we are, we are dead to the law by the fact that Christ died on the cross. We are, we are crucified with him. The Bible says, I am crucified with Christ. That means I am also dead to all those bad, bad, bad lifestyle, that we should now be married to another person, even to him who is raised from the dead. Now think of it like a spirit. 
When you are living in sin, you are married to Satan, a spirit. You don't know it, but you are married to that Satan, a spirit that is ruling your life, making you do all those evil stuff. So now you have been dead and buried under water, and now you came back, you are now married to a different spirit. Jesus Christ is a spirit. He came as a human being, and now he's alive and he's in heaven, and he's everywhere. And he's a spirit, the spirit of God. See, we are now joined by marriage to a different spirit, who, who is to rule our life. And not the old man, not the old person. Verse 5 says, For when we were in the flesh, the motions of sins, which were by the Lord, did work in our members to bring forth fruit unto death. But now we are delivered from the Lord, that being dead, we use the word Lord to mean sin and Satan right now. That is, when we are, with, when we are doing, trying to do those laws, we couldn't do the law, because there is a, a devil that is controlling the soul of men. That is making them do all contrary to what the law says. And that is this devil called sin. And that is the devil called Satan. That is controlling human beings. But he said, now we are dead, buried under water by baptism to that law, to that sin nature, to that spirit called Satan that is controlling all those sinful behavior. And we are now married, joined to somebody else under spirit, Christ Jesus, who is alive forevermore. So that's what he's explaining here in many words. So we should serve in newness of spirit and not in the oldness of the letter. Verse 7, what shall we say then? Is the law sin? Say God forbid. I had not known sin made by the law. For I had not known loss except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. Now Apostle Paul is trying to to describe to you, to you and me, how he was before he before he met Jesus Christ, because he was a he was a rabbi, he was a Jewish rabbi trying to trying to obey the law, and he was trying to explain to us how the law was having a, a strong a, a strong a stranglehold on his life, even though he was trying his best to please God. Before he met Jesus Christ, before he became a believer, before he became a Christian, he was trying to keep the law. And he, he say he didn't know that he didn't, he didn't know what is lost until the Lord tells him that thou shalt not covet. Then loss really became amplified in his in his mind because he said when there was no law, you just do whatever you 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 do. You don't even know anything about it. But when the Lord now says you shouldn't do it, then you begin to realize that you really can't stop his, this thing. It's almost like a what's it like a, somebody put an axe to your to your neck. You cannot stop it even though you try to stop it. That's what he's describing. In his so experience before Christ, you see, the command that was expected to be for to ordain life was now becoming death to him because that command was staring upon in his face. That command, don't do this, is staring upon his face. But he has no power not to do it. He has, you see, the, that's the difference between the law and Christ. The law gives you what you must not do, but it does not give you the power to to stop it. There's no power to stop it. The law says you must not do this, but it does not give you the power to not do it. So that is what Apostle Paul was describing here, that the law became like a bondage to him. Verse 13 says, Was then that which is good made death as we say God for me? Sin, that it might appear sin, walking death in me by that which is good, that the sin might become very sinful. For verse 14 says, For we know that the law is spiritual, but I am cannot soul under sin. For that which I do, I allow not. That is, even when he wanted to do good, he just couldn't do it. Before he knew Christ. See, what I would, I don't do it. What I hate, it's what I do. 
that is what the law became like a like a what you call it slave master and say, Well, you did it, bang, you're going to be killed. But he didn't have the power not to do those bad stuff. That is what the law is. The law is like condemnation. Then he went further and described it further and said, What will deliver me from this from this body of death? He said, said to say, I delight in the law of God after the inward man, but I see another law in my members in this in his body, warring against the law of my mind and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin which is in my members. And he had summarized every, everything he was experiencing before he came to Christ in verse 24. Everything he was experiencing in trying to keep the law of Moses, in trying to do good, in trying to please God, he summarized in verse 24, he said, Oh wretched man that I am, who shall deliver me from this body of this death? This are, that is how those rabbis that are trying their best to please God by keeping the law of Moses and by trying their best, not having salvation through Jesus Christ, they were trying their best. That's what Apostle Paul was describing it. That who is going to deliver me from this body of death? Until he met Jesus Christ, and that's verse 25. He said, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord. When Jesus Christ came into his life, then he said it was like a set free. And everyone that have been born again can testify to that. I could give my own testimony like that. I was struggling to do right, to keep myself away from this sin, that sin, that sin. Just because I was going to church and I knew that this, if I can stop this sin, I will be free, I will be closer to God. I was trying, but each time that sin came, I just couldn't resist it. I just couldn't resist it. And after you did it again, you want to, oh, forgive me, God. It's like, a, it's like something, like a shame that you couldn't, you couldn't get loose from. That was what sin was to those who are living in sin. But when you call on the Messiah, the Lord Jesus Christ, you recognize that you are a sinner, you cannot help yourself. And you call on him to save you. That is mean you believe he died for you on the cross, his blood was shed for you. I want you to know that you can be going to church and be trying your best and thinking you have already done this. You have not done it if you have not been experienced, you have not experienced this new birth. It is an experience, I'm telling you. But how do you get this experience? That's what I'm trying to explain to you. Bible says, if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. That's Romans chapter 10. Apostle Paul summarized how to, how, to how to call upon the Lord there. In Romans chapter 10, which we will get to later, he gave it to you in verse 10 that, verse 9, that if you will confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus, that confess that Jesus is Lord of your life, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, so that's a believing and the confessing. So you have to believe that he died on the cross for you, for your sins. Believe it your heart. And now call upon him with your mouth and say, Lord, I, I can't help myself. I need you to deliver me from sin. And list all your sinful nature you have been trying to get rid of by yourself. And say, Lord, just take them away. I can't do it myself. That is accepting, acknowledging that you are a sinner. That acknowledging that Jesus Christ is the only Savior. When you acknowledge Jesus and you invite Jesus to take over your life, that is what it means. You consciously deliver, ask Him to take over your life. I did it one day like that after when I was in college. I read all those trials that told me that these things you are doing is wrong. And I said, yeah, I've been trying to stop it. And Jesus Christ just spoke to me and said, kneel down, ask me to take it away. And I knelt down by my bed and I said, Jesus, I've been trying to stop that sin, stop that sin, stop that, I just couldn't. Each time the sin came around, I just fell into it again. Save me, Lord, I, I surrender. And it just took something around, like something, take a cloak out of you, like a garment. They just take that garment off of you, and you are free. From that time, the mind doesn't want to do it anymore. Even when the sin is, 
right in your face, face and say, do it. And say, ah, no, I'm a new Christian. That is a liberty. That is what he called being born again. That is what he wants to give to every person that we ask him. I'm explaining to you that so that you can ask him in prayer. And then when it touches you, you know. You will know. Something just lifted. Many people say, it's like a ton of weight just lifted up of you. A ton of weight of guilt will just be lifted up. And you will be free in your heart. And you will know it. It's an experience. That is what you call born again experience. You will know it. And from that day forward, you are a new creature. Don't go back into the sins. That's what we are explaining to you, teaching you now. That now you are a new creature. Just begin to live for him. And you see it's very easy to live for him. And the joy comes to your heart. And you'll be telling others about this thing that you experience. That is what we call born again experience. And that's when you can easily take your hand away from adultery. Take your mind away from our fornication. That's when you can easily. It becomes so easy because you are no more. It's like a, you are no more a pig that go back into the mud. Why? Because you are you are a, a sheep washed by the blood of Jesus Christ, and you are you able to take your away from my bribery or from all those embezzlement. Everybody run after money. You are free in your heart. Why? Because a new spirit has been created in you. It's just like a miracle. It's a miracle, but it's just instant. Once you are still to call upon Him, and you are you sincerely call upon Him, Jesus is His name. He will do, he will do it for you because He loves you. That is why He came. That's why He died for you. And he's telling us to tell you. That's why we are sharing our own experience with you. So that you know what we are talking about. People say, oh, have you been redeemed? Have you been born again? They don't know what it means. They mean, come to our church. No, it's not come to your church. It's come to Jesus, like I just described. Ask him to take over. Ask him to take control. Ask him to remove this sinful nature from you. That you are fed up with trying to try and try your best. Try your best, won't do it. Just give it to him. And he will take it. When he, when he takes it away, it's changed heart. A changed spirit. A new spirit is created like a miracle. When a lame man suddenly started walking, it's a miracle. That's the miracle he's doing to our spirit. Take the old spirit out and put a new spirit in us that we love him more. That we not want him, don't want to go back into that mode. No matter if they're going to cut your head off, you are not going back to that mode of bribery. You are not going back to that mode of adultery. You are not going back to that mode of doing drugs. Why? Because a new, a new spirit has been created in you. That is what we call born again experience. And he wants to do it for you. Ask him right now. Bow your head and I'll pray with you. Father, I pray for those who are listening. Let them confess. Confess that Jesus, I believe you. You died for me on the cross. Say it. Come into my heart, Jesus. I surrender. I surrender. I can't do it myself. Take over my life and give me this new bath. Thank you, Jesus. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I accept that new bath. I accept that new bath that you gave. I accept the Holy Spirit right into my heart. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. So it is. So shall it be. That was chapter 7. We are going to go to chapter 8 of Romans and right now from chapter 8 Apostle Paul was describing that we don't have, once you have Christ like that, you are no more under any condemnation. That's what Christ said in his word when he was teaching, when he was teaching he said, anyone that believes in me has passed from death unto life. Death means lake of fire. Unto life, eternal life. So let's read it out now from chapter 8 of God, Romans. This book of chapter 8 of Romans is very strong and deep. And I want you, that is listening to me, you are born again already, I want you to take this chapter 8 of Romans very seriously because it's full of deep insight. Many Bible verses there, you should memorize them so that you can quote it with your mouth. Just say it out many times for your own deliverance. That's what we use some of these Bible verses for. And every Bible verse in that Romans chapter 8 is very useful. And I'll begin to read it and you can memorize some of those Bible verses and quote it, not like the book of Psalms, as if it's going to, when you quote it, it's going to do some magic. No, it is quoting it to remind yourself whom you are in Christ, 
to remind yourself what Christ has done for you. When you quote some of these Bible verses in the book of Romans chapter 8, it's to remind yourself of whom you are in Christ, to remind yourself what Christ has done for you, and to tell the spiritual world, Satan and all its course, that yes, you believe what Christ has done and they should keep off from you. That is what these Bible verses are going to do. I will point to some key Bible verses as we get to this. Because now you can start from verse 1. He said, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, condemnation is what many people are so struggling with. What is condemnation? I mean, they feel that uh, they, are, they can't pray because of what they did last year. They feel, in, 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 what do you call it? Uh, they feel in, inferior. They think God can't do this for me. I that feeling that God can't do this for me because I'm so, I'm, I'm so such a sinner. That's condemnation. The devil used that even against those who have been born again. If you don't know this Bible verse and you don't believe it strongly enough, you will be feeling inf inferior that you can't even ask God for this. Whereas you are now made a child of God. A child of God should freely come to his father or her father. Freely ask. That's why he says you have to come boldly now. That your sins have been forgiven. Those former lifestyle is no more you. That was that old person is dead. You are a new person. Now you can come to the father freely. No condemnation. The devil will try to use that the condemnation by bringing back to your mind. Ah, you used to be an adulteress. Oh, you used to be a prostitute. How can you be asking some God for you? Somebody? Now you just tell you, I, I used to be, but I, that, was, that man, that woman was dead, buried under water. I'm a new Christian. I'm, I'm, not the, I'm not that old prostitute anymore. I'm not that old fornicator anymore. I'm not that old policeman that was taking bribe anymore. I'm a new Christian in Christ Jesus. I don't do those things anymore. I'm a new Christian. I can freely come to the throne of grace and ask the Father for what I need and He will supply my need according to the riches glory. You say it with your mouth, live like that, and it will be so for you. So, by confessing this Bible verse, makes the devil to shut up his mouth. There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. Now, that is the key thing. People say, well, gee, but I'm still walking after the flesh. You shouldn't. Some people don't know what does it mean to say you are not walking after the flesh, but after the spirit. Apostle Paul will explain it when you get to about verse 9. He said, for the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. That's another Bible verse that we quote regularly. He said, there is a new law. In many places they said, sign this paper and all these things that they wrote that you are signing will be against you if you break them. Except where it's prohibited by law. I mean, in some countries like in America right now, if every state has their own law. Every state. So some, some things they make you to sign like a contract, if you, if you are in another state like this, the state may say that contract, that, that, that clause is not valid in our state. That means it's against their law to have that type of clause for, for them to make you sign this type of clause. So that is really what this is also saying, eh, that we are under a new law. We are no more under the law of sin and death, which Moses wrote down for them. Anyone that don't do all these things that I wrote down will be going through this type of punishment and death and sickness and disease and poverty, Deuteronomy chapter 28. The book of Deuteronomy chapter 28 listed all the costs for those who are not following the law of Moses. That's a law by itself. But now we are under a new covenant, the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus. 
So, so all those evil things are prohibited under the new law. All those sicknesses and diseases, they are prohibited under the new law. And that is what this Bible verse is alluding to. You have to understand it and believe it and confess it. The devil knows about it, but the devil will not let you have it unless you know about it. Because the devil is a rebel. So the devil knows that you are no more under the law of sin and devil. He still try to put you under the bondage of fear of sicknesses and diseases and death because of what you have done or you have not done. But you have to remind the devil that you are no more under that law of sin and death by quoting this Bible verse and believing this Bible verse of verse 2. Romans chapter 8 verse 2. He said, For the law of the spirit of life in Christ Jesus, he said, life in Christ Jesus, has made me free from the law of sin and death. Because the law of sin and death is, if you, so if you make this offense, you are going to be punished with death, sickness and disease is elementary death. But in the law of spirit of life in Christ Jesus, we have been freely forgiven. And Christ has redeemed us from this curse of the law. And we are no more under that punishment of sin and death. And we live for him and we are no more to live in that sin. So any misbehavior we confess to our father and we are forgiven. And we live no more in that behavior. It's a new law completely. But still, for what the law could not do in that it was weak through this flesh, God sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For, ye, for they that are after the flesh, they do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the spirit do mind the things of the spirit. To be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God. Neither indeed can be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. He's uh, going to explain what does that mean to be in the flesh. Verse 9. But ye, as be, we believers, are not in the flesh but in the spirit. Why? If so be that the spirit of God dwell in you. Now, that is uh, the key thing. Have you been born again? Have you given, have you have, have this experience as I described in the earlier chapter? That this is what it means to be born again. A new spirit has been created in you. If you say, yes, I've been born again, just maintain your confession of that. Then you are no more walking in the flesh because you are now in the spirit. Because the Holy Spirit is deposited in you when you are born again. The Holy Spirit is deposited in you when you are born again. You are now following the Spirit of God. That's when you are walking in the Spirit. You are now letting the Spirit rule your life when you are walking in the Spirit. You are no more yielding to the works of the flesh, to the works of sin. You are no more yielding your members to sin. You are now yielding your members to righteousness and holiness. That is what it means to walk in the Spirit. So that's what he is explaining in verse 9, that you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit. If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. So, I am trying to explain to you, once you are born again, you have the Spirit of Christ in you. And that is what he is saying in verse 10, in verse 9. And if Christ be in you, which you say, you confess it, you are born again, Christ is in you. The body is dead because of sin, but the Spirit is alive because of righteousness. So, you can now tell that that is what it means to live in the Spirit. Christ is in you. You are no more yielding your members to a sinful nature like we described in the earlier chapter. Verse 11. But if the spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies by a spirit that dwell in you. You can confess that verse 11 over and over again to heal your body, to tell the devil to take his sickness away from your body. Why? Because 
the spirit of God that is in you is quickening, is going to make your mortal body come alive, healthy. Because the same spirit is what raised Jesus Christ from the dead. And it's already in you. So it's going to make your body to live and not die. To live and not have sickness and diseases. Confess that Bible verse verse 11 regularly over and over again over your body and it should be so. Verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh, to live in the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you will die. But if you through the spirit mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Mortify means put to death, mortuary. The deeds of the body are the fornication, adultery, and all those type of things. They, they will be put to death in your life. Verse 14. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. So seek to be led by the Spirit of God. That is, everything you want to do, make sure it is the Holy Ghost in you. Your spirit inside you that is leading you, that is guiding you. Don't just do things because the whole world is doing it. Don't participate in all this ungodliness because it is popular. Be led by the Spirit. That is, by the Spirit of God means be led by the Bible because the Spirit of God is in the Word of God. This Word of God that Christ has given to us, be led by it. Let that be what is guiding your life. Verse 15. For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. That is, we have been adopted as children of God. So now we can freely come to the throne of grace and ask whatever we ask, whatever we need from the Father. Verse 16 said, The spirit, that is the spirit of God in us, bear it witness with our spirit. Now, you have to understand that. Holy Ghost is living inside our spirit. Your own spirit is the recreated spirit that God has recreated in you. And that is the real you. And that your spirit is wearing what you call your soul. And it is that soul and spirit that when, it, when people die, that soul and spirit go to paradise or hell. Now, when you are born again, a new spirit has been created in you. You don't know how the old one just disappeared and the new one is created in you. God, that's God's work. Because you don't know how you came into this world anyway. That's how God, how God sent our spirit to the world. Now he's creating a new spirit and we are now a new creature in Christ Jesus. But in this new creature, Holy Ghost, the Spirit of God is living inside your spirit. So that's what he's saying here. That the spirit bearing witness with our own spirit that we are children of God because we have been adopted as children of God. And now verse 17, if we are children of God, then we are heirs of God. Joined heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, we may suffer on this earth because of unbelievers that don't believe, that we may be glorified together with Christ. It is I reckon that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. There is a glory that shall be revealed when Christ shall come back. We that are sins that are born again, we shall be glowing like light, like Christ can glow right now when he appeared on the road to Damascus and he appeared to Apostle Paul, it was like a ball of light. And that is how we are all going to become at the end when Christ has come. That is the glory that will be revealed in us. And that kind of light covering is what Adam lost in the garden. That's why he became naked. Because that light covering is the garment God put gave upon human beings. That's what he gave to us in the first place. A light covering that makes them to be almost like clothed. We are clothed with that light covering. It's like light. It's like a glow, a glow of electric, electric bulb. Christ appeared on the road to Damascus when the Apostle Paul was knocked down in a ball of light, that is exactly how we human beings should be. And that's how we are going to be at the end. But that was quenched when Adam sinned and the old race have been naked when they were born. You see? But 
That is what God is going to restore. That's why he said, all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. You see, that was the glory of God that was covering humanity. They, they lost it. But now God is saying, all have sinned and fallen short of it. Now he's trying to bring it back to our Lord Jesus Christ. Christ is now in that glory and he's bringing all of us to that level where we can reclaim that glory back. What a glorious thing. So Apostle Paul is saying in this verse, uh, Eighteen that I reckon that whatever we suffer right now, while we are still going through this process, are not worthy to be compared with the glory that shall be revealed in us in the end. So that's why you have to persevere and hang in there with God, because at the end you are going to be shining, glowing like a ball of light in the end. That is the light that can never die; it can appear and disappear. Like a thinking of how you can be in another planet just by thought. That is the glory that God is given to mankind that the logical is now using and is bringing many more sons into glory to come to that level verse 19 for the earnest expectation of the creature waited for the manifestation of the sons of god now i'm going to continue with this in the next chapter god bless you this is gospel distribution ministry box 71027 phoenix arizona 85050 on the internet is www.gospeddistribution.org. Turn us again next week. God bless you.